Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today with Dame officially teaming up with Giannis in Milwaukee. What could be next for Drew Holiday with training camp set to start in three days? Ramona Shelburne has the latest. Plus, tournament questions for year 21. Darvin Ham, he speaks out on why LeBron is more motivated than ever to win his second title in L.A. this season. Uh-oh, that could be scary. And now that the Dame Novino has fallen, can we expect James Harden to be next? We have the latest coming out of Philadelphia. All that and so much more. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. It's almost October, and that means a lot of questions have been answered. It doesn't mean, though, that everyone can put up their Halloween decorations yet. We need to just wait a little bit for that. But Damian Lillard's trade request, it was answered, although perhaps not exactly how he expected. And the Bucks showed that Giannis, and they showed him that they are serious about winning. We had a lot of shakeups among title contenders, but I want to stick with Giannis for just a minute because we heard for the very first time from Giannis Attentacumpo yesterday. This is what he told Chris Haynes of Bleacher report. He said, quote, I'm excited to have Dame. He gives us a chance to win a championship. I'm excited to play with the caliber of player that he is. He can score the ball in his sleep and shoot the lights out. Dame wants this. He's hungry to win and he's going to push us. I'm very happy to have him on our team. That is Giannis's first comments since this blockbuster trade. So I want to bring in Ramona Shelburne into the conversation along with Kendrick Perkins and Zach Lowe because, Zach, you are our resident expert on all things Milwaukee Bucks. You sounded the alarms earlier this summer when Giannis said that, you know, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Now that he has spoken out about the Damian Lillard trade, how are you feeling here? I mean, the alarms were clearly heard by the Milwaukee Bucks. They traded a beloved player, a champion in Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard, who's really the perfect player to solve what has been their only problem, their main problem in the playoffs, a half-court offense that too often goes dormant, that too often doesn't have a plan or a purpose. Damian Lillard is a walking top five offense unto himself. He gives every single possession a roadmap and a purpose in a way that the Bucks did not have before. And I think in the facility in Milwaukee a couple days ago when this trade happened, there was a real mix of emotions, the kind of excitement that Giannis expressed in that quote that you just showed, and also in other things that he said in that same interview or that same text chain, whatever it was, about Drew Holiday and how much it hurts to lose Drew Holiday. And I think there was a real sense of melancholy almost in Milwaukee that it had come to a point where they had to send out a player like that, that as excited as they were to get Damian Lillard, there was a gut-punch reaction of who was walking out the door. That's how much respect and love they have there for Drew Holiday. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. Everything you said, I agree with a thousand percent. But let me add a little bit more. We keep not mentioning money-making Middleton. Chris Middleton, like, you know, even if Giannis happened to, you know, we saw what happened last year in the postseason when he got injured, right? But uh, when you think about Chris Middleton, when healthy, 
He's an all-NBA caliber player. He has shown us this time and time again, even on the biggest stage, that he could go out and be a closer as well himself. So when I just look at that backcourt, because they don't have to have the ball in his hands. Chris Middleton's game has grown so much over the last few years that he's also a playmaker. We know that him and Giannis love to run a two-man game. And just because it's their two-man game action doesn't mean that they're going to actually get the shot. So now Dame could, you know, be a spacer, a guy that you have to, uh, you know, a guy that you have to respect at the three-point line. It just opens so much, so much up for the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're so dangerous. I'm just anxious to see how Chris Middleton is going to look alongside Damian Lillard and Giannis when healthy. If he looks anything like he did two years ago, it's going to be really scary for the next few years. You have to imagine that Chris Middleton wants to sort of avenge the way that his last season went, particularly his injury-riddled year here. But Drew Holiday, as you said, Zach, such a big piece of this Milwaukee Bucks team. Giannis talked about how he will always hold a very special place for him because after 50 years, it was Drew and Chris Middleton that were his running mates, really, in delivering this title Mm -hmm. to the city of Milwaukee. And now Drew Holiday is in Portland with training camp coming up in just three days, Ramona, yeah. and you have to wonder, is Drew still going to be there then? Well, look, Drew is a consummate professional, but it is essentially free agency in late September right now because that never half, half the league wants Drew Holiday. He is on, he's in a walk year. He has a player mm-hmm. option where he can be a free agent this summer. He's a very attractive two-way player to a lot of contenders. I think the list is probably going to go down to about four or five teams when all is said and done in terms of teams that are interested in him, have the assets to try to acquire him, but also that he would re-sign with long term. And I, you know, you, if you're going to trade what it's going to take to get Drew Holiday, if you're the Knicks, if you're the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Clippers, the Orlando Magic, why not the Denver Nuggets? If you're looking at those kind of teams who might trade for him, you want to make sure that you're not going to give up all of these assets and have him not be willing to resign and sort of trade for him at your own risk. And it's actually what happened with Drew three years ago when he was in New Orleans. Similar walk year. It was done quietly, but that's when he was traded to Milwaukee and you remember the haul they had to give up to get him then. I just think of the stakes though, Zach. When you're talking about Drew Holiday and the impact that he could make. If you think about a team like Boston that is right there already, and we've talked about how this has been a seismic shift for the Eastern Conference having Damian Lillard there, but do you think it's hyperbole to say that it would dramatically shift again if Drew Holiday were to go back to one of those Eastern contenders or any contender, really? Wherever he goes, it's going to be a marked shift. And look, the last time this happened three years ago with Drew Holiday, the team that traded for him won the championship. (laughs) And I think Drew Holiday and his camp kind of like the idea of this is the missing piece. This is the guy who goes someplace and they win big right away, which is why I think wherever he goes is going to be a team that is either already in the championship picture or thinks they're one move away from Mm. getting there. I think anybody below that, the extension question, all of that, I think they're going to probably be out of this market. And if there's two teams that I think the fit is just absolutely rock solid, the Clippers is the most obvious one in the league. They've poured everything into putting this group together and do not have enough playoff wins and playoff series wins to show for it. And the clock isn't just ticking. The clock fell off the wall and the batteries (laughs) ran out. They need to do something, and they know that. And I would just keep an eye on the New York Knicks because what a perfect compliment to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. What a Tom Thibodeau player. And the Knicks 
are not that far away from having a puncher's chance to be in the conference finals and have a fight in that series, too. He would really change the look and feel of a lot of rosters and a lot of crunch time lineups around the league. I love what you said, Ramona, about free agency in <laughs> September. It's so rare that we see not only are we talking about Drew Holiday and where could he be in a couple of days, but the other remaining question is still, still, after oh. all of this time, James Harden. And he was in <laughs> Miami on Wednesday night. He was attending a Dynamo game. He's part owner of the MLS team. It's the, the latest that we've really seen him out and about. Here he is hanging out with David Beckham. The 76ers are set to hold media day on Monday in Camden in New Jersey. So Ramona, James Harden, what are the Sixers expecting from him with training camp opening in just three days? Well, they don't know if he's going to show up, but they are prepared for whatever he decides to do. If he shows up, they're prepared. If he's willing to play and excited, they'll welcome him back with open arms. If he doesn't show up, they have a plan there. And if he shows up and causes problems, they have a plan there. So contingency plans upon contingency plans. I don't need a contingency plan, but I do need a word of the day from you, Kendrick Perkins, on this entire James Harden saga. It's been a minute since we got one. What you got? (laughs) I bet you do. Happy Friday. And look, this is not out of the box. It's not foreign. It's simple. <laughs> Cold-de-sac, okay? Cold-de-sac. That means a dead-end street closed at one end, and that's the situation to describe James Harden. That's a word to describe James Harden's situation right now. A dead-end. I he, live listen, on one of those. Again. Uh, a cul-de-sac? Oh, yeah. you do? Yeah, I live on one, and we go uh, around uh, and around and around and around. Same story over and over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. So, a cul-de-sac. That's what happened, okay? Listen, James Harden has no option but to return to Philadelphia unless they decide to trade him again. He has no leverage. He's at a dead end. And I'm going to say this one more time. He better be careful on how he handles this situation because of the rest of the, the rest of the league is watching and he could possibly find himself out of the league in the next year or two if he don't handle this situation like he's supposed to. All eyes will be on the 76ers on Monday. That is the next real deadline to see what the next iteration will be in this James Harden saga. All right, we got to get a lot, a lot to get to on our show today. LeBron James, the revamped mm-hmm. Lakers, they are poised for another championship run. Hear how LeBron is throwing it back to his rookie season. How can he do that at age 38? Plus, Ramona, did you know that it was Kevin Durant's birthday today? I so wait that. until you see the company he's joined going into his 35th year. And it is the trade that shook up the NBA world. So make sure you get your phones out, scan the QR code, cast your vote. I want to know what do you think? Are the Bucks going to win another championship this year now that they have traded for Damian Lillard? We saw the odds shift overnight after that trade. We're going to reveal the results at the end of the show. NBA Today, we'll be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What a crushing finish for the Lakers. If you're going to legitimately compete for a championship, you have to dissect what you have and you don't have. We want to fit the puzzle together in a way that will help us compete for championships. Rob Lincoln and the Lakers are doing exactly what the hell they're supposed to be Four-year max extension with guard Austin Reeves. D'Angelo Russell has agreed to return. Orion Prince. Gabe Vincent. Jackson Hayes. Rui Hachimura. Three-year, $51 million extension. Cam Reddish. Christian Wood. Now you're contending and you're still building for the future. They're right in the thick of things where they need to be. Welcome back to NBA Today on a Feel Good Friday. And Perk, which team is it that you said had the best offseason? <laughs> you know when I say things, I, I change like the way, but the, I said the Lakers. You said the Lakers. I said the Lakers. You said the Lakers. So say yeah, his I name the and general yeah, manager. That was, that was a few, that, I mean, Perk, that I'm was just a saying, few weeks ago. I know, but Lakers GM Rob few, Palinka, he's filling, he's filling. No, make him pretty, say his name. Make him pretty, say his name. Pretty good about this group <laughs> in particular. Uh, he spoke about the status of LeBron James. Here he is with head coach Darvin Ham. Take a listen. It's staggering for a player that um, has 20 years you know, under the hood already and is preparing for 21 like he's a rookie. Now that we have top to bottom what we feel like is a highly, highly balanced, skilled, athletic, younger team of guys who've logged a ton of NBA minutes, we can surround both he and AD uh, with these players who, who are coming in eager to contribute, eager to show that they can impact winning. And uh, that's going to allow us to be able to be more efficient with his game-to-game minutes, the big picture, month-to-month, different sections in the calendar. Um, He was grandfathered in by the rest rules, so I was happy to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So the Lakers, they have 15 back-to-backs this season, tied for the most of any team in the NBA this upcoming year. Now LeBron James, as Darvin Ham mentioned, is grandfathered into the NBA's new participation rules. The team does have a little bit of flexibility on how they manage his play in particular. But Ramona, Darvin Ham says he's going to sort of ramp up LeBron James throughout the season. What does that actually look like in practice? Yeah, I mean, 65 is the big number here, right? You have to play 65 games to be eligible for postseason awards. And I asked Darvin Ham, you going to get him to 65 games? Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get him to 65 now. Well, there's a way. You say there's 15 back-to-backs. Well, even if he were to sit out, some of those back-to-backs, that's that's only half, okay? Yeah. And if you, he said, we're going to take this month-to-month. We're going to ramp him up through the season. So that means last year when they lost all those games and they fell so far behind, LeBron had to play so many minutes towards the end. He's not going to be playing 42 minutes a game in November. They're going to take it. They're going to ramp him up early season. If he's going to sit, it'll probably be earlier in the season so that when it's go time towards the end of the playoffs, he can do what he did last year. Right. And here's what I know. I know you do not bet against LeBron James (laughs) ever under any circumstances. Zach, when you look at this Lakers roster, we've talked about it so much over the summer, but finally we get to hear from Darvin Ham, from Rob Palenka. What are your thoughts heading into the season? 
First of all, LeBron doesn't need any more awards. The trophy case is full. Forget the 65 games. If it's 58-57, who cares? What he actually needs to bolster his case as the greatest of all time against Michael Jordan is another championship. Mm. And the only way they're getting that is if LeBron is ready to go and fully healthy and conditioned in April, May, and June. Play for that. Forget the 65 games. Because this roster... Top to bottom is absolutely capable of winning three and four playoff series. It's deep. It's versatile. They have enough ball handlers to take the pressure off LeBron in the regular season. That's why Gabe Vincent is here. That's why Austin Reeves is here. On and on. And Austin Reeves, I had a long conversation with him this week. He told me one thing that really stuck out to me. Remember, this team was a brand new team. 55 games into last season. They flipped the roster. They became a totally different team. And he told me, he told me when they came up against the Nuggets in the conference finals, he could feel the difference in crunch time when Mm. things got really hairy between a team with continuity Mm -hmm. that knew exactly with its eyes closed what it wanted to go to in crunch time and a team that hadn't gotten there yet because it was so new. The Lakers... Year two of this team have a chance to get closer to that continuity that they envied in Denver. LeBron James is happy right now. Like, he posted on his social media, like, waking up at 3 in the morning, excited about the workout. That means he's excited about this season. And we just heard Rob Polinka talking about he's approaching it like it's year one. That means he's satisfied and he loved what happened this offseason. And he's ready to go to work with the group that he has in his locker room. Not only ready to go to work with him, he trusts them. So we're talking about a team that went to the Western Conference Finals this past season. A team that added pieces. Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, uh, Christian Woods, yep. right? Added more depth, and now they got more experience. Darvin Ham has another year un- has a year under his belt already. He's going to be better this season. It's all good for the Lakers and King James right now. Look, I, I don't know if I'm happy ever about being awake at 3:22 a.m. Particularly if it's to work out. That's just I don't, I don't know if I'm if I'm awake at 3:22. It's because I haven't gone to bed yet. Yeah. See that. Well, then there, there's then that's something else, Roberto. But I think one thing that all basketball fans are excited about not getting up at 3:22 a.m. Right. But October 26th. I know it's a regular season game, but it's one that all Lakers fans have circled on their calendar. You know why, Zach? Because it's the first time. LeBron James and Kevin Durant will play each other in almost five years. Can you believe that? It's almost Don't jinx five it. Years. Don't jinx it. Not Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on wood. All and the way, that's speaking the of, happy birthday to Kevin Durant, a member of the 30-something club. Today, KD, he turns 35 years old, meaning he can join an elite club of superstars that include LeBron and Karl Malone. If he keeps in line with his career averages, KD would be the third player, as you can see here, to average 25 or more in a season. They start at age 35 or older. Don't sleep on Steph, though, because he could join this club this season, too. Perk, you spent years playing with Kevin Durant. Do you have a favorite KD story that's TV appropriate that you can tell? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I got plenty of them. But the one thing is this. When I got traded to Oklahoma – I was still in the group message with the Boston Celtics, and I kind of stopped responding, right? And so KG hit me like, what's up, man? I'm checking on you. What's good? You good out there? I'm like, yeah. And the next question was, hey, how that young boy is? He was talking about KD. I'm like, bro, this dude is in the gym like no other, nonstop, all day, every day, gym rat. 
I was telling them about how when we land on the weight game, he has the gym ready for him to go work out, and how the medical staff, Donnie Strack, my good brother who's still with Oklahoma City right now, had to go tell me, like, tell we was trying to tell Kevin, like, hey, bro, get some rest. Like, get up off your feet. You don't need this. Like, people don't understand the amount of work that these guys and Kevin Durant put into his game day in and day out. It's a phenomenal thing to see. I used to I talked to his coach at Oak Hill a long time ago, Steve Smith, and he said, you know, up here it's just books and basketball. Wouldn't even lock the gym door at night, and Kevin was always in there. It's the guy who didn't even learn to drive till he was 18, and Royal Ivy started teaching him because he was just playing basketball all the time. As you said, Perk, he is a gym rat. When we look in on this season, though, in the Phoenix Suns, Zach, your expectations for Phoenix starting out the gate. We've talked about, about Milwaukee. We've talked about Boston, maybe where the Clippers need to be at. But in particular, Phoenix, they, they've gotten better. I think the Suns are going to be awesome. I mean, offensively, there's almost no way for them to be anything but awesome as long as their three best players are healthy. They nailed the minimum signings. They got a bunch of guys who can help them. I think Grayson Allen and Nasir Little, the guys they got in the Dame trade, can be rotation pieces for them. But Yusuf Nurkic now becomes one of the most Mm -hmm. fascinating players in the NBA because the Suns and flipping DeAndre Ayton for Nurkic are making a huge, huge bet that he can stay healthy, and that despite being older and a little more injury-prone than DeAndre Ayton, that he's good enough offensively in the pick-and-roll, that the chemistry will be better, that he can prop them up on defense. Because I don't care how good you are offensively. You need to be passable on defense to win the NBA championship, to beat four teams in the playoffs. At least passable. And if you look at the personnel on this team, a good center and a good rim protector is the best way for them to be passable. The thing they need to glue it all together. That was going to be DeAndre Ayton. They soured on him. He soured on them. Now it's Yusuf Nurkic. Big, big responsibility. Big bet on him. So wait, Nurkic, who came into the lead with Nikola Jokic, is now the guy they got to defend him in the playoffs? Yeah. And that's why Denver is still sitting on top of all of our expectations for the Western Conference. But in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, we all expect them to be a big problem. We're going to discuss this, just that, coming up here on NBA Today. Because the Bucks' offense with Dame has the potential to be more lethal than ever before. My goodness, that is a scary thought. Big perk, he has some big thoughts on where their offense ranks in the Eastern Conference. And here from Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd, their expectations, having Kyrie Irving in the mix start. Starting on day one, do we think that Luka is going to win a title in Dallas? Plus, Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, they are in contract year. So the Warriors, what are they going to do this season? Could this be the last dance for this core? Ramona Shelburne has the very latest. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Portland is sending Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is huge! You are a basketball fan right now? This is exciting. I'm a basketball fan. 
football perspective, it is an ideal fit. And the moment of truth comes is when you can come up big. If you were to come up with one word to describe Tammy Lillard teaming up with Giannis Attentacubo. Lethal. Easy. Lethal. My first pick is going to be Tammy Lillard. I really believe Tammy Lillard, he's going to close the game up. Lillard for the win. Yeah. There you go. Game time. It's game time. Welcome back to NBA Today. So folks around the NBA, right, they're focusing on what a spectacular spectacle the new Giannis Dame offense is going to look like, and it absolutely will be. But on NBA Today, we like to really get inside the game. We like to tell the tale of the tape, and the Bucks' defense was a staple, right, of the Mike Budenholzer era in Milwaukee. The team finished in the top ten in defensive rating in four of his five seasons on the sidelines. So Zach Lowe, with the trading of Holiday for Lillard, I want to take a look at the defensive side of all this as you can see those stats there now on your screen what impact defensively this has been their bread and butter baby will it have on the bucks yeah the bucks have probably on balance been the best defensive team in the nba over the last five years and two things come to mind number one without drew holiday they don't really have any viable options in house at least proven to defend the jason tatums and jimmy butlers of the world but you know what Nobody really does. That's just the reality of the NBA. And no one on any other team has a viable option for Giannis or the Dame Giannis two-man game. So we'll just call that a wash. The thing that I'm most curious about is the Bucks in this whole era have defended by having Brooke Lopez lay way back in the paint on the pick and roll. Protect the rim at all costs. Everybody else, stay home. And that has worked great for them. And it's worked great for them because their guards, including Drew Holiday, have been awesome getting around screens. Because if you get hit by a screen up top and Brooke Lopez is all the way down by the basket, that's too much room for the best pull-up shooters and best drivers in the NBA. And that's not Dame's strong suit. And I'm interested to see if that scheme holds up and how well it holds up or if they have to tweak it to account for their new personnel. So given all that, Perk, is there an Eastern Conference team that you have your eye on that could be the biggest <laughs> challenge considering those deficiencies? Well, well, well hold on, Malika. Okay. See, 80% of defense is this, mindset, right? As a guy that actually defended in the league, it's mindset. And for the last five years, Damian Lillard has been basically playing for nothing. Yes, he's been balling offensively, but when you get on a team and now you actually have a chance to win a championship, you see the best out of players, especially franchise players, on both ends. All throughout the regular season, we talked about was Jokic going to be able to elevate his game, Jamal Murray elevate his game. And we weren't talking about the offensive end. We were talking about the defensive end. So when it's time, I guarantee you that we're going to see Damian Lillard fighting to get over screens, sinking and filling. Xing out on the weak side with the elbow mm-hmm. because now that that he got that like ump to him right. because now it means something. You know, I just seen the worst off the worst defensive players play defense when it matter. Right. You talk about some of the most off the offensively potent teams. You see them sort of clamp down, lock on their defense when we get to when it really counts because it's hard to be outside of the top ten in defense and still win a championship. We know that. And I I, mm-hmm. I do not want to disrespect. I agree with you, Perk. He is going to level up with those expectations. But the Bucks are going to miss Drew Holiday. 
Right. They're going to miss him on and off of the court. His impending deal out of Portland, it's going to continue to be something we focus on because it's going to have a huge impact on the NBA and on contenders. <clears throat> I don't want to try to connect too many dots that aren't there, Zach, but do you think that the destination for Drew <clears throat> Holiday could have an impact on the James Harden situation in Philly, particularly because earlier in this show, you talked about, well, the Clippers, they might make a lot of sense. And if he goes there, then what's James Harden going to do over here? Bingo. The Clippers are the team he wants to go to. They've had talks. Those talks haven't come to fruition. And now there's a player that the Clippers can say, hey, wait a second. We can just cut Philly out of this conversation entirely. Here's a guy who maybe fits our team even better because he's a great defensive player, doesn't need or want the ball all the time, and is kind of no hassle for us. Maybe we can just go there. And if they do pull that off, Where's James Harden going to go? What's going to happen? Does he have to slink back to Philadelphia? Is there another trade out there anyway? What a subplot that would be. I mean, the Clippers are the only team that have had substantive conversations with the Philadelphia 76ers on James Harden. Hmm. But there's other teams that have kicked the tires on, well, maybe we'll be just standing here if there's a rebound, right? If we can get him for almost nothing. The New York Knicks have kind of hung around there a little bit. The Chicago Bulls are sort of a team you've heard. But that's those aren't real options right now. And Zach's right. If the Clippers end up getting in on the Drew Holiday sweepstakes, if they land him, then now James Harden – has no leverage and a place to go to, just like what happened in free agency when the Houston Rockets pivoted and went with a more defensive-oriented team and getting Fred Van Viet and Dylan Brooks and, and going after Brooke Lopez. That's what happened in free agency. That's why he didn't have the leverage to get a big max offer from Philadelphia. Could happen again here on the trade market. So you said, Ramona, that the Sixers are prepared, right, for James Harden to show up to yep. training camp. They're prepared for, prepared for him to not show up to training Correct. camp. And they're prepared for sort of every situation in, betre- in between. So, Perk, if you're James Harden, knowing all of this, how do you play this? You got to play You got to be a professional and show up to work. Again, I want us to all, well, I want everybody to put on their GM hats like we do at times, Malika. And I'm going to ask y'all this question. If you was a general manager, if y'all were general managers of a franchise, do y'all trust James Harden? Would y'all trade for him after Actions seeing what he has done words. over the Actions exactly as what he in this context? What, what though, Perk, you're right. The, like in this context, a trade for him though is just a one year. It's just the rest of this year. You don't have to sign him to an I know, extension. But, I know, but who's going to trade for him, Ramona? Like, who 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 actually wants James Harden? Even if you even if you decided to trade for him and just to get off the money, who wants that attitude in their locker room right now? Nobody, because you never know what he's thinking. Now, if he turned his back and right now he's beefing with one of his best friends in the league and Daryl Moore, and we all know they were tied together like shoelaces. I'm talking about Case Smith. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's publicly outing him. What makes you think what makes you think he's going to be loyal to anybody else in any other franchise? Well, and the path gets even more narrow, as Zach laid out, if the Clippers end up the team that uh, that comes out of the Drew Holiday sweepstakes victorious here. We're going to talk more about James Harden still to come here on NBA Today as we run through some of the hottest news around the league, including why Jason Tatum could have an even bigger role this season for the Boston Celtics and whether or not Kerr and Clay could it be their last season in Golden State. Do not miss that. NBA Today will be back after this.
Welcome back to NBA Today. <laughs> Welcome back to NBA Today and the debut of a new segment, What's Burning? And that's where Ramona Shelbert is going to tell us the latest that is simmering around the NBA. So let's get cooking, Ramona. And I want to start here. What is burning in Fort Collins? Well, look, they are there because the NBA title went through Denver last year. And if the you Sixers. Think of yourself as if the Sixers think of themselves as a championship contender, then, you know, it's good to get in the same market and think about it. And so I think it, they're there also the high mountain air, but this is really because the Sixers are drama central and Nick Nurse wanted to get this team away from Philadelphia, up into the mountains in Fort Collins, <laughs> and have some bonding time. You don't always get to do that in the modern NBA. They can't go to Denver because that would be a distraction to the hometown Nuggets, but you know, get up there, get that air, and have some time to play some cards, go out to dinner at the nice restaurant. Yeah, I mean, that looks no nonsense. It looks like you were going yeah. to be locked in, focused, and that's certainly what this Sixers team needs with all the conversation sort of swirling around them right now. Uh, let's stick in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the expectations for Boston, they are sizzling. You spoke to Jason Tatum. What is he saying about his role this season, particularly without Marcus Smart? Well, you know, he went into the offseason thinking he might need surgery on his non-shooting wrist, went to a bunch oh. of specialists, and essentially decided, no, I'm not going to get the surgery. I don't need it. He got a cortisone shot. He told me he said it feels really good. And now that he is going to be having more of a ball handling role because Marcus Smart is not there anymore. He said, you know, I basically did this all last year during the playoffs. I'm very comfortable in that role initiating the offense. So he elected to not have surgery on his non-shooting hand. That's new and interesting information Mm -hmm. there for Jason Tatum. And his role, we will see it continue to evolve, continue to expand. I do want to get it over to the Bay Area here because entering, we talked about this earlier this week, Steve Kerr, he's in the last year of his contract. He spoke about his employment status with the Warriors. Let's all take a listen together. I feel great about um, my position here, and I want to be here. Um, I know Mike... And Joe want me here, and so I'm very confident something will get done. But I'm not stressed about it at all. And, um, you know, I'm perfectly capable of coaching. Um, whether I have one year left or an extension makes no difference. So, um, But I fully expect to be here. Okay, so Kerr's contract is expiring. Clay Thompson didn't get an extension this summer. So how are the Warriors approaching that this season? Well, they're keeping their options open. I mean, I'm told they've opened contract negotiations with Clay Thompson, but these are they're no, neither side is in any hurry because they all need to see how this season plays out. I mean, there was a lot of kumbaya at the end of last year. Steph, Clay, and Draymond forever. We want to go in with the dogs that we rode in with. I mean, it's they're all saying they want to stay together. They they're acting like they want to stay together, but they need to see if this team can still be a contender before they decide how long they want to commit to Kelly Thompson, how much money they do there, because they're right up against that second apron, and right. anything they give to him affects the way the rest of the way they build out that roster. But Steve Kerr, he's right. He wants to be with the Warriors as well, but last year they had contract negotiations with him. They didn't go very far, and since then, and last year he had just won a title, remember. Since then, Greg Popovich and Monty Williams have completely reset the coaching market in terms of salary, so Steve Kerr is about to get a handsome raise whenever they get around to that contract extension. And he's fine waiting and sitting back and deciding what that number really is. Yeah, those are the type of numbers that make you go, ooh, child, when you see them. Uh, But it's all about championships to the Warriors. We have heard Steve Kerr say it. We have heard Draymond Green say to our own Ohm Young Masuk Perk that why can't we win one one more, two more, even three more? And now we have this this Chris Paul-sized elephant in the room. We haven't even touched on that in this discussion. Do you think, though... As you see it, 
this is it for the Warriors dynasty. Do you see a runway here, Kendrick? I don't. I don't. And I'm, I hate to say it, but I think it has come to an end. And look, all great things come to an end. But at the end of the day, the league is just getting better. Players are getting better. The youth are starting to take over. Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. But again, it's going to be hard to get personnel in there to match what these teams and these guys are doing across the league. Well, We'll see if the Warriors can get it done. Steve Kerr, if a contract comes to fruition, Clay Thompson, if he has a long-term yep. future with this team, I can't really close my eyes and envision no. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green not together in this core four with 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 Steve Kerr that we've come to see. Uh, but well, of Luka course Dantich, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Luka Doncic might have something to say about this coming up on NBA Today. He's entering year six this season with all the star movement around the league. Could we see him request a trade? If he isn't in title contention, hmm, so many trade requests happening all over the place for Mona. believe the NBA preseason. It tips off next Thursday in Abu Dhabi. That's where the Dallas Mavericks and Minnesota Timberwolves are going to play two games. And then on the Dallas side of things, expectations, they are high. And that's even though they finished a disappointing 11th in the West and ultimately failed to reach the play-in tournament. But Luka Doncic, he was asked about having the impact of Kyrie Irving right to start the season versus an in-season trade. Take a listen to what he had to say. Better for sure. I mean, he came in the middle of the season last year. Uh, you know, we didn't have much time. We went straight to playing games. Uh, it takes time to build chemistry, especially on the court. So uh, we're going to have the whole training camp and then the pre- I mean, the preseason too. So I think it's going to be way better. As much as the trade, we like things to happen right away. Um, but you know, we will continue to grow that relationship. There is a relationship. And, and so um, they had the summer and now they have a preseason to uh, to bond, you know, that's the big question. Can they coexist? And it's not that they don't coexist. It's the group around them. I truly believe that this is, you know, when you talk about two of the best players in the world, they're going to play at a high level and they're going to put us in a position to uh, win. Yeah, we are talking about two of the best players in the world, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. They had individual success, though, but the team they struggled when they both played together, going 5-11. and 11. That was the worst record by teammates who both made the All-Star team that season since the NBA-ABA merger. And why does all this matter? It's because we know that Luka Doncic wants to win, and, and the Mavericks brought in Kyrie Irving to give yeah. him that running mate to get to the top of the Western Conference. We haven't seen that come to fruition, Zach, and we have seen so many trade requests over the last couple of months we've been talking about them all season long so what do you think is the importance of this season and the ramifications if once again it is a disappointment in Dallas well the Mavericks were in the conference finals two seasons ago so it's not as if I know that was a completely different roster but it's not like it's been this long fallow period in Dallas they revamped their roster this offseason around Kyrie and Luka and they got a bunch of pieces that fit really really well it's just going to be a matter of how talented those players are which of them rises up because if you ask 15 GMs who's the third best player on the Dallas Mavericks you might get like eight different answers Mm -hmm. or four different answers it's kind of unclear there's a big drop off between the number two guy and the number three guy but as far as this season I just think an upward trajectory chemistry between the two of them getting into the playoffs those are all good attainable goals 
This roster, I don't think really can be a championship contender, and that's okay. It could be a first round out, maybe a second round out if all things go right. If it's trending the right way, that's what you're looking for. Look, they, when they got to the Western Conference Finals, they had some defense and they had an identity on that side of the ball. I think they prioritized that in the offseason. Grant Williams is going to help them there. But I agree, Zach. I don't think they quite have enough. But they also now have a roster that has some flexibility. So if there is a big move out there, whether it's this year or next year, let's say Carl Anthony Towns or somebody of that ilk, they're in position to be in the, to have those conversations and improve the roster. Right, but in position, they just have to have that one key ingredient, and that is patience from Luka Doncic yeah. to say, yeah, I'm okay with being patient to wait and see how all of that plays out. And sometimes yep. we don't see that, particularly after years and years of disappointment. I do want to stick here in the Western Conference before we bounce, because earlier today, DeAndre Ayton arrived in Portland. This is after being traded, of course, to Portland from the Suns in the Damian Lillard deal. Hopefully, he's going to get some Dutch Bros, maybe some some pips Voodoo donuts, donuts no, man. Pips, donuts. Oh, my gosh. Way, way more delicious. Perk, a new star here for DeAndre Ayton. How you feeling it for the Blazers? Look, started a donut war over I here. I am, but look how I'm, I'm feeling it for DeAndre so Ayton. Look how happy he is. <laughs> he, he looked like he just got out of prison. I would have wanted, I wanted to be merged in on that phone call between him and the Blazers before he got there because they had to tell him something that like, hey, we ready for you and he need this. Like the hug that he gave to Chauncey Billups, oh. he told Chauncey, thank you. Y'all haven't even touched the floor yet. <laughs> like you yeah. don't even know what plays or sets Chauncey is going to call for you. But I love this for, De- for, for DeAndre Ayton. He was the former number one pick. And I believe he's going to put up big numbers in the Portland Trailblazer uniform. It's just I great really to do. see that smile. Yep. You can see how much the relationship really soured mm. between the Suns and Aiton and getting this fresh start could be exactly what he needs. All right, the NFL London games that kick off Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, exclusively on ESPN Plus when the Falcons face the Jaguars at Wembley Stadium. You can also catch the Toy Story alternate broadcast, Disney Plus and beyond. To get ESPN Plus, go to ESPN. Perfect on a weekend Plus. morning, right? .com. Download the ESPN Get your app. kids up early and watch that. I like it. I like it, too. We'll be back in 60 seconds. <laughs> Tonight on ESPN2 in the app, we're going to have Game 3. We have a doubleheader in the best of five WNBA playoff semifinals. Liberty Sun, 7.30 Eastern. The series tied at one game apiece. And then it's the Aces, Wings, Vegas up two games to none. WNBA Countdown gets it all started at 7 o'clock. All right, guys, welcome back to NBA Today. Anthony Edwards, he is a walking soundbite. It feels like every time that he gets in front of a microphone, he's going to say something interesting. And this has been making its way around the NBA social world. He was asked about the time he spent with Steve Kerr, and this is fascinating. Before he came, I thought I was, like, working hard. And, like, when he came, I was going through the drills, and he kept stopping them. Like, that's all you got. That's all you got. And I'm like, bro, I'm going hard as you want me to go. Like, what you want me to do? I'm sweating crazy. He like, man, you got to see Steph and KD and Clay work out. And we went to dinner that night, and they still was continuously telling me, like, you you didn't work hard enough. Like, if we, if we had the number one pick, we wouldn't take you. And I was just like, damn, that's crazy. So me and my trainer around home after dinner, and we just talking like, bro, we got to pick it up. I don't know how. I don't know what we got to do. Like, but we got to pick it up. And I think after that, man, it's just I became a madman in the gym. And, like, I just 
I try to work till I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I became a madman. Zach, what do you think? Wow. <laughs> Keep an eye on the Wolves. I think they're going to be better than people think. Yep. I'm picking them to win the in-season tournament. I don't even know why you guys are asking for a pick. <laughs> I picked the Wolves. And if they make the playoffs and beat the Warriors, oh. and then if that's a matchup that happens, it's now officially Steve Kerr's fault for motivating Anthony Edwards to work even harder. I'm thinking back to, you know, when when Carl Anthony Towns yep. was saying maybe, you know, you can make these tweaks to your diet, all of these different things, and now it feels like there's this intrinsic motivation that is building to Anthony Edwards. That's scary, right? I love how he seems to take criticism. Like, do you know how many young players would hear that and get totally turned off and just yeah. say, forget that guy? What do you know? Mm-hmm. The fact that he took that and said to his trainer, I want to need I need to work harder, and he actually did that, and then he starred for Team USA, coached by Steve Kerr this year, and listened to Carl Towns, mentoring him as an also oh. former number one, number one overall pick. That says more to me about Anthony Edwards than anything. Perk. And on top of that, he just got paid. Yeah. Like, he just got his bag, and he's staying in the moment. Like, this is why one could gamble and say, you know what? In the next however many years, this guy is going to be the face of the NBA because he just have everything about him that's pointing to that direction for us, how he addresses the media, his, his character, what he does on the floor. Like, he's a lovable young man, and when you think about what he's – just like what he has done and what his ceiling is, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's talked in, in, on this show about how his goal is to win an MVP, not even before it's all said and done this year. He's like, I don't want to wait. I should be the defensive player of the year. I'm going <laughs> to be the saying? MVP. I'm going to uh. speak on all these things. And it's the Coco Golf mentality, right? Like, see my haters? I'm going to thank them because they actually motivated me a little bit more. Anthony Edwards is already talking about that right now. But should they or will they win the title this year? Mm, that remains to be seen. But we asked you earlier in the show if you believe the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win a title. 38% of you said yes. That's a little low. 62% said no. I know we usually say take the field, but uh, no, 38% I don't know, Zach, that's, is 38 that's low? Good. That's fair. That's fair. Ooh, 38% is high. 38% is a lot of people. That's, that's high. That's I mean, like if you were in Vegas, that's 7 to 2. English was my subject, folks, yeah. not math. So, you. You know, and certainly not probabilities. <laughs> that's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. NFL Live is coming up next. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you on Monday.